Hallelujah. I, I could just listen to that all day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to church. Stay standing with me just a moment. Um, I, after last week, I really don't know what to expect. But here we are again. Here we are again. <laughs> I don't think I'll be as rowdy. I think I'll be more constructive and and uh, going to try my best. Any rowdy, any rowdy Christians in the building? <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, if you don't know what we're talking about, oh my goodness. It, it's amazing anybody came back after last week. But I'm excited about what God is doing. Come on, this is a place of miracles for you and your family and your life. And I believe what, I believe what Tom is singing there. The rest of your life is the best of your life. Don't let that become a cliche. That regardless how old you are, that means if you're 60, 60 forward is the best. I, I remember a couple weeks ago, several weeks ago, God said, the problem with you is you don't believe that. You, we might have to sing it again now. The problem is you don't believe that. You, 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 you say that tongue in cheek, but the problem is you really believe that your best days are behind you. And as long as you believe your best days are behind you, then your best days are in the rearview mirror. But if you could believe the promise of Almighty God, that, that's the Word of God in the book of Job. God says, your ladder shall be greater. Come on. That means if you're 12 years old, that means your best is still ahead. If you're 20, that means your best. If you're 80, if you're 90, Come on, some of you are, some of you acting old way too soon. Did, did you see on the news the other night, the other news the other night, a 102-year-old lady out there fish crab fishing at 102. What's your excuse? Crab fishing at 102 years old, and you're old at 40. Come on, somebody ought to believe that. Somebody ought to be challenged today. Come on, your best days are ahead of you. They're not full of sickness or disease. They're full of strength and power and anointing. Oh, and purposes of God. So, Father, we just open our heart to believe that today, that our best days are ahead of us, Lord. God, I pray for those in this room, those on the other side of this camera, God, that we would step into that place of faith to believe your word is true regardless of what we feel, regardless of what we see. God, I pray, that, I pray that faith would be released in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. <laughs> if I don't get into this, we won't get done. As much as I want to hear you sing one more time. But you can be seated. Let me just say again, thank you for your generosity also for those in the room there there is the old way of giving there is the envelopes in the seat back and as you leave today you can give that at our giving stations uh, but just know this we're just so so grateful so thankful for those that that are uh, supporting the partners of this house that support what God is doing through the the calling and the ministry 
and the assignment of celebration. So thank you. And again, so good to see so many of you in the room. And I know so many of you are on the other side of these cameras. And, and uh, we get it. Not everybody is able to make it. But you can't listen. There's just nothing like being in the room. It's just a whole nother, whole nother level. Thank God for technology when you can't get here or be here. But it's a whole nother, a whole nother level. Amen. Genesis chapter 22. Let me read it. I'm going to read this whole story again. I know it's a lot of Bible, but, but we need to catch you up on your Bible reading anyhow, right? And just because you heard it one time didn't mean you, 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 you got it. So in Genesis chapter, hey, let me just see your hands. How many of you was here last week? Last week. Oh, wow, a lot of you weren't here. How many of you weren't here last week? Bunch of heathens? Bunch of heathens. Where, where in the heck were you? You came, I didn't have a chance to run you off. I guess this is your week. So if you weren't here last week, go and listen to the, the, the podcast, listen to, uh, watch it on YouTube because there's just no way we can go back and, 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 and get in that vein. I, I truly believe it was apostolic. I believe that sometimes uh, we operate in that. And so um, today I really do believe we're going to do some teaching, and, uh, but I am excited. This has been a message, a message that's been stirring in me literally for months on end, and uh, I just really felt like the Lord said, it's time. It's time to release it. So in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 18, it says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. Now, 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 you need to understand this context, and let me just kind of work through this and make a few comments, and I'll try not to make as many comments as I did last week. But this is more than just a test for Abraham. Now, we're going to, we're going to study the test, but you need to read this whole passage with this in mind. This isn't just a test for Abraham. This is actually a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you'll read it with that perspective, then this passage will make sense to you. Because this whole passage that we're reading, and you'll see things that are types and shadows, and, and, and it's foreshadowing what's getting ready to take place uh, 2,000 years from this place. The whole story is just a dress rehearsal of Calvary. It's a prophetic picture of God the Father giving his son on the same exact mountain that he's asking Abraham to give his son to redeem mankind. You are saved today because of what this prophetic story communicates. So it's not just a test, though we're going to focus on the test. It really is about a testimony. And maybe we'll come back and teach that perspective sometime. So uh, verse 1 says again, Now it came to pass that for these things that God tested Abraham, and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I made this comment last week. I think it's important to understand that we know uh, that actually Abraham has more than one son here. But God says, I, I want that one son. I, I, I want the only son. Well, that don't make sense because Abraham actually had other, other children at this time. But God is saying, I want the one I gave you, not the one you made. Are you here? Because we try to give God stuff that we made instead of what he gave. We try to compromise with God. 
Well, God, maybe this will do. Well, we won't go there any longer. I can tell you're happy about that. We are already in the flow once again. Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, hello, the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, laid it on Isaac. This is a picture of Jesus, the cross being on Jesus, laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. Two generations going together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look the fire, the wood, but where is the lamb? Where is the lamb? Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told them told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, now please understand, Abraham is, is like 115 years of age here, and his son is like the age of 16, approximately 16, 17, 18. He's completely complicit in this, this whole operation. In other words, he's agreeing to it. It's not like Abraham is forcing his son. God did not force Jesus to die upon the cross. He was willing even. He said, not my will, but your will be done, my father. And the Bible says he became obedient even to unto death. So these are two individuals working and cooperating together, Abraham and Isaac, just like God the Father and God the Son. Are, are you getting the picture here? And verse 8 says, and Abraham said to my son, said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb of burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place which God told them. Abraham built the altar. There placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the ladder. Do anything to him, for now I know. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Because the point is, it was never about your son, Abraham. It was about my son that I would give 2,000 years forward from this point that would redeem mankind. And then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for the burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, the Hebrew Jehovah Jireh. As he said, it is to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing, I will bless you. Abraham has been hearing this promise for almost 40 years of his life. And he's heard it like, oh, if you can count the stars, I'm going to give it to you. But it's at this moment God's saying, you don't have to count anymore. 
In fact, I'm just going to do it. I, I'm going to, you've already experienced my blessings. You've experienced, but, but I'm getting ready now to give you sin. The counting days are over. I'm going to do what I believe we're stepping into a season where the weight game is over. I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So today, once again, I want to continue to talk from this thought. It's just a test. It's just a test. A test. Father, bless the reading of your word. God, I pray that you would give us hearts to perceive and ears to hear and an attention to focus on what you are doing in this moment. God, for those in the room, those that are at home, God, wherever they're at, hospital rooms, God, driving in their cars, God, out in the, 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 the backyards, God, getting ready for the game tonight. God, God, God help the Niners. I know it's a preseason game, Lord, but God, help the Niners to win tonight. In Jesus' name. God, don't, don't take it out on the Niners because people stayed home today. God, God give, us, give us favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me give some introduction here like we did last week. Some of this is going to be a review, um, but we didn't get finished last week, as you can tell. But once again, we see here that God is testing Abraham. And again, we have the privilege of knowing uh, that God is testing Abraham, but Abraham did not know that this is a test. So um, uh, we, we have the benefit because we're reading the end of the story and we know it all ends up working out really good for Abraham. But, but Abraham didn't know that. So, so he's living in something that doesn't feel like just a test. Uh, this feels to him like hell on earth. Uh, this was not fun for Abraham. But God said it was just a test. I just, I just, I just defined some of your lives. This is hell on earth. It's because you don't know the end of the story. What you might be calling hell on earth, God might be just saying, it's, it's just a test. It's just a test. Now, I don't know about you, but like I said last week, as I look back over the past 18 months and I see the pain and I see the hurt and I see the disappointments and the confusion and the instability and the uncertainty and the craziness the craziness. And I know for some people, it hasn't been crazy for you. It's been the walk in the park. It's been a great vacation for you. But for most, um, they're glad they're just still standing because they've gone through some hell. They, they've gone through some stuff in life the last 18 months of their life. And as I was recently, as I was reading this story and I was praying about it. I begin to wonder to myself in the midst of all this craziness that we're going through, uh, could God be using uh, this to test his people? Let me say it another way, to test his, his church. Uh, I'm not saying, you got to hear this clear again, I'm not saying that God sent the hell because we know where hell comes from. 
It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, Listen, God did not send the disease. God did not send the plague. But I'm here to tell you, God will use every ounce, ounce of hell to reveal the kind of person that you are. That's some good stuff right there. Thank you. I needed to hear that, Pastor. He'll use it all to see what is in you. And when you're under pressure, it's amazing. Shake that Coke can out. Shake it up and then pop it because everything's going to come out. And that's just a picture of our society today. Mm. The whole purpose of a test is to reveal or to see what's in you. It's to reveal to see uh, if you qualify for the next level. A test is what qualifies you to advance to the next level. I, I, I didn't know I was going to share this last week. It kind of slipped. I'm a little embarrassed about it, but as you know, I know something about a test because I flunked the test and actually flunked first grade. It, it's going to be okay. It's, it, I'm going to make it. <laughs> now, I know some of you are shocked. There was, there, there was just complete silent in the, in the building. Like, he's flunked first grade, and we're sitting here listening to him. Can you believe that? Let's slip out the back now, you know. Let's get out of here. And so I went home, and I tried, to, I tried to figure out, now, how in the world do you flunk first grade, right? So I went through all my, uh, my, my baby book and all that that my mom gave me, and I started looking at all the class pictures, and, and, and I couldn't find, and I had to call my mom. I said, Mom, I don't think I flunked the first grade. She says, yeah, I think you did. I said, Mom, according to what I'm finding, I actually flunked kindergarten. <laughs> oh, really? Now you laugh. Thanks a lot. I who, who flunks? I did kindergarten twice. Who flunks kindergarten? I believe it was a conspiracy. Now, I know you don't believe in conspiracies, but I believe it was a conspiracy. Because when I looked at my kindergarten picture, how in the world could I have flunked? For, I looked so studious. I looked so important. In fact, let's go ahead and just show them my kindergarten picture. Let's just go ahead and put that up if you guys, if you've got that. And let's just leave that up for a minute. That, who wears a tie to kindergarten? Like dad and mom. Now I know my problems. I knew there was, oh, I knew something happened when I was a baby. It happened right there in kindergarten. There was not another child. I should show you the whole class. There's not another child that is dressed like that. I'm the only one that looks like they know what they're doing, and I'm the only one (laughs) that flunked the test. Put that down before somebody takes a picture of it. I better not see that on social media today. (laughs) The test that God gave Abraham was not to torment him, but it was to prove what was in him so that God could give him sand and stars. That's what we've been talking about all summer long. We're in the theme of sand and stars, God doing the impossible for you. It is God, 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 God making those God dreams come to pass in your lives. And I've come to tell somebody today that perhaps what you have been going through this past 18 months, This past 20 months, this past 10 years, perhaps your whole life has been nothing but just a test, a test. 
Last week, we began to look at four types of tests that jumped out of this passage as I studied Abraham's test. Let's go ahead and review quickly the first couple tests, and then we'll move to the last two. The first test that Abraham had to pass was the awareness test. In Genesis 22, verse 1, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. So notice here, again, God called Abraham by, by name. Abraham. Abraham. Notice the Bible says that Abraham responded to the voice of, of God, which means that Abraham was aware that God was talking. I know this is so simple, but this is where so many of us are flunking kindergarten. Hello, I know it's simple. You shouldn't flunk this. You should pass it. Hello, somebody. It's so simple, but we can miss it. Abraham was aware. See, the test that God sends to Abraham was a test to see if Abraham was aware that God was even talking. I have a question again for you today. Are you aware that God is talking to you? Or are you more aware, like we spent most of the time talking about this whole point, are you more aware about all the other voices that are talking? All the news media voices, all the social media voices, all your relationship voices. But are you aware? Hello, church. God says, my sheep hear my voice. They are aware of my voice. And I, I, I've come to conclude that, that the church might be flunking the grade in this season because we know every other agenda. We know every other voice, but we don't know the voice of the Lord that says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Greater is he. That's, come on. Do you know the voice of the Lord? How do you know if you're passing the test of awareness? Well, when God speaks, you're responding. When God speaks... You're responding. Let's go to the second one. Not only did God test Abraham's awareness, but God tested Abraham's availability. His availability. Notice here in Genesis 22.1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, notice, and he said, here I am. The most powerful words, here I am, in the Hebrew language that you could ever say as a believer is these right here. Here I am. Abraham responds to God saying, here I am. But notice this is not just a response because in the Hebrew language like we taught you last week, this, these, these three words in English is translated from one Hebrew word. It's good. They're going to put it on the, on the back screen there. Uh, one way of pronouncing that is hineni, and the way we're pronouncing it is hineni, hineni. Just go ahead and wiggle your lips and it'll come out. Hineni, something like that. Hineni or Hineni. Here's what it means. This is what's important. That's the Hebrew language. It literally means, God, here I am without hindrance or distraction, ready to do whatever you need me to do. This is not the test of awareness. Now we've moved into the test of availability. This word is such a powerful word in the Hebrew language. Can, can I just say it one more time? It's, it's so powerful that my wife put it in Hebrew on my shirt to preach this message today. It's the most powerful word 
that you as a believer could ever declare to your God. And you will always face the test of availability. This word, we didn't share this last week, but there are three specific things that, that this word expresses to God. Here it is. Number one, God, I'm available. Number two, God, I'm fully surrendered. Number three, God, I'm ready to do it now. Mm. Hineni is a statement to God. Here's, a, here's an American way of understanding it. It's a way of saying, God, I'm all in. God, uh, you want revival in this church? You want revival in our nation? You get a church of people saying, God, I'm all in. Hineni, Lord. Hineni, Lord. I'm all in. I'm available, I'm fully surrendered, and I'm ready to do it now. So God was testing Abraham's availability because if God is going to use somebody, he has to find somebody that is available. Hello, right? If God's going to use somebody, he's got to make sure that you're not busy going out to dinner. If God's going to use somebody, he's got to make sure you're not too busy watching the Niners all the time. Hello, that one hurt. Oh, dear Jesus, that one hurt, right? So, so if God's going to use somebody, he's got to find somebody that is available. So the test is not, a, oh, you got to hear, the t we talked about it last week, but the test is not about ability. The test is about availability. Mm. Because there's a lot of people, oh, the church is full of them. There's a lot of people that are able, they're gifted, they're talented, but they're certainly not available. They say, God, I'll do it if it's convenient. God, I'll do it if I'm not too busy. You know, Lord, I'm, I've, got, I'm, I've got that business you blessed me with, Lord. I'm busy. Got that spouse you gave me. She's hot, Lord. You know we're busy. They say, I'll do it. If, if I'm not too busy, I'll do it. If I don't have anything else going on. And then somehow we have the audacity to think that God's going to bless our lives. No, it requires a ninny, a ninny, a ninny. Here I am, Lord. God is looking for our yes, regardless if it's convenient. He's looking for our yes regardless what we think is important. God is looking for our yes, regardless if we have to rearrange our total life. God is looking for a people who will say, here I am. Hineni, God, I'm available. Send me. I'm here to do what you want me to do. I know I'm taking a little bit of time on this one, but this is so so huge. I would, I would challenge you as Bible scholars to go through the Old Testament and every time that God would show up and do anything great in a man or a woman's life, you will always find them declaring, Hineni, 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 Lord, here I am. Send me, God, God, God shows up to Moses in a burning bush. Moses is going about his business and he stops to look at a burning bush 
And the Bible says that a voice comes out of the burning bush and calls Moses by name. And Moses said, Hineni, here I am, Lord. And he said, Moses, take off your shoes for the place you're standing on is holy ground. And Moses, I'm going to use you to deliver a people out of bondage and out of slavery. Challenge you to look. The old, the, the, the little boy Samuel, just a little boy Samuel, cries out to God. He has a, a prayer life to God. And, and all of a sudden, Samuel hears the voice of God. God saying, Samuel, and Samuel, and as a young boy, Samuel says, Lord, and then he, here I am, Lord. What is it that you need? He says, I'm going to raise you up to be a voice, to be a prophet, to be my spokesman. Upon the earth, Isaiah, Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord, God speaking to the Trinity. He says, who will go for us? Who will go for us? Who, who shall we send? God's saying. And all of a sudden, Isaiah says, Hineni, God send me. Here I am. Lord, let me do it. I'm willing to rearrange my whole life. God is looking, here it is, God is looking for your, yes, he's looking for you to get off the sidelines of just your ability and give him your availability and get in the, get in the game and say, Hanini, Lord, Hanini, God, what do you want me to do? This, this, is, this is a passion point for me because as I look back on my life, I realize that the reason why I'm here today is because of just a lot of Haninis. It's not that I'm talented and gifted and just, just really uh, able. It's just, it's just one yes after another yes to God's calling. I look back at tough seasons in our life. I know when we was in Bible school and, and a church we were going to, they, they needed children's workers and and my wife says, Hanini, I'll, I'll do it. I, I believe in the next generation. I'll go and spend some time and raise up the next generation. And I remember her, Hanini, her saying, yes, Lord, yes, I'll do it. She would come home. And, and at that time, we were only making $22 a day. A, a day and and our, our whole budget for food per week was like $28, I think, is what we budgeted. We had, this, we had to survive a family of five on like $28 of groceries a week, but we were saying, Hanini, we moved out to Oklahoma. I was at the age of almost 30, and she, and she was at the age of like 53, and so we moved out to, <laughs> and we, 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 we gave away our businesses, shut down everything, gave away furniture, and we said, Lord, wherever you want us to go, I'll go back to school, Lord. I know I flunked kindergarten, but I'll go back to school, Lord. Hineni, and we get there, and it was a daily trust, believing God, fighting for what, for what we believe God had put in our heart. And we just said, Hineni after Hineni, and I remember picking her up after she had, after she had got done doing her Hineni, her yes, and taking care of children's coming home, smelling like barf and vomit, and reaching into her pocket and pulling out a $20 bill saying, where did this come from? Whether you believe it or not, we lived our life on the Heninis for those two years. We're here today. Celebration is here today because somebody said, here I am, Lord. Send me. Let's get into some new territory. How many of you can? Maybe we need part three. 
We're going. How, how many of you let me finish this thing? Can, can I just, I've, I've just got a couple more points and we'll be through. So Abraham says to God, I'm available. And God then says to Abraham, Abraham, I need you to take your son and go to the mountain that I will show you. So Abraham goes to the mountain that God showed him. And when Abraham gets to the bottom of that mountain, we see the next test. It's a third test. I call it the test of alignment. I think this probably has been a huge test the last 18 months of our life. Let me read it to you. I'm going to go old school on you. I'm going to read out the King James Version. And it says, And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship. This is not for shock factor, but I do need you to be awake right here. And I felt like going old school would wake you up. I can hear somebody, what did he say? (laughs) Abraham gets to the bottom of the mountain and he faces the alignment test. In other words, there were some, some people that had walked with him on part of his journey that he had to tell where I'm going. (laughs) Uh, You can't go. Uh Uh-uh, you can't go. Somebody needs to hear this today. Not everybody can go where God is taking you to go. There is a point along your journey, all along your journey. I've seen it in our life. All along your journey where there is an alignment with the right people that God has for you. There comes a time in your journey that some people can't go where you're going and you can't stay where they're staying. Somebody ought to shout amen right there. Come on. And the problem is some of you are trying to take people who don't have the same passion, they don't have the same hunger, they don't have the same commitment for God that you have. They don't want to go where you're going, and if you continue to hang out with them, they'll end up keeping you from the place that you need to go. They'll talk you out. Come on, they'll talk you out of what God is telling you to do. Now, I know probably in a crowd this size, I probably offended somebody for using the word that the Bible uses. So since I'm already in trouble, let me talk about those asses for just a moment. There are people, I'm serious, there are people in your life, they don't listen to God, they ignore His voice, they have a stubborn attitude, and you're hanging out with Him. And you can't figure out for the life of yourself why your life is not working out. It's those stubborn donkeys in your life. They're slowing you down, they're pulling you down, and they're wrecking your life. Can can I get real honest? Some of us have delayed our destiny because we have hung out with people who are not connected to our tomorrows. It's the test of alignment. Some of you need to make up your mind that you've hung out with the asses way too long. You can't run. Listen, you you can't run with the chickens and soar with the eagles. It's time to align yourself. It's time to align yourself. 
with the people that God has assigned to you. You think I'm bad, you ought to hear my mom. My mom cusses all the time. I said, Mom, you can't say it if it's not in the Bible. She said, well, son, it's just a word. I said, well, it's a cuss word. I said, you're going to have to find a cuss word that God says in the Bible. (laughs) What am I saying? Somebody needs to shout over the fact that God has separated some people out of your life. This, This past season of your life, come on, some of you ought to be thanking God. I know the very first thing that God said in rebuilding, coming out of the church, he said, you run with the runners and drink with the drinkers. What does that mean? He, say, he, said, he says, they shall run and not go weary. Look who's running with you and turn around and find out who's drinking with you. Who's the drinkers? Gideon found 300 men that chose to drink like he was drinking, that wanted to drink, that believed in signs, wonders, and the power of God Almighty. We're going to run with the runners and we're going to drink with the drinkers. Some, some of you are crying. I, I just hear some little girl somewhere crying over the boyfriend that left you. You should be shouting as you remove him from your contact list. Shouting, thanking God that God loves you too much to let you marry somebody that's going to stay home, play video games all day, and won't get a job. Come on. I'm telling you, it's a test of alignment. It's been going on in this season. God is aligning a tribe of people. God is aligning the right people, and he's removing the wrong people. So what are you trying to say, Pastor? Quit trying to go back to relationships and people that God has removed out of your life. If they're gone, say goodbye and say hello to what God is calling you. To do. You've got to be willing to say, I've got to be willing to let people go. I have more, but you can't handle it. So let's go on to the fourth test. Worship team, come back. Here's Abraham and Isaac, two generations. The Bible says they're walking up the mountain to worship God. I want you to, I want you to hold with me because this point, those other ones are all free of charge. I believe, I believe they're huge. I believe it's what's been happen, happening for the, the last 18 months, last several months of our life. I think we can all recognize things in our life. Man, I should have been more aware of God. Man, I should have been more available. So, man, God, this is painful. You mean they're leaving? And they're leaving. See, I can sound tough, but it's painful when people leave your life. It hurts, especially when you've given your life to them. God says, but they can't go where you're going. God says, they can't go where you're going. There, there is a test of alignment. You've got to be willing to let God put the right people around you and remove the wrong people. But you've got to hear this test. It's called the altar test. It's the last test before you get your sand and stars. In the Bible, because what happens is Abraham goes to the top of the mountain. We read it. He lays his his son on the altar to offer him as an offering to God. And um, and, 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 and so it's the altar test. But in the the Bible, the altar represents a place place of worship, 
Uh, the altar is a place where you take what is valuable to you and you worship God with it. The altar is a place where you declare God's worth to him. Honestly, this is not a church service. This is actually an altar service. It's an altar where God's finding out just how much, you, how much he matters to you, how valuable he is to you. The altar is a place where you worship the source and not the resources. The altar is a place where you worship the provider and not the provision. Hmm. The altar is a place where you worship the giver and not the gift. So Abraham lays his son, the Bible says, on the altar. He lays God's gift to him, your only son, the one I gave you. He lays his gift, God's gift to him. He lays it on the altar and he raises the knife to give God what God has asked for. Oh, my goodness. And it's at that moment that God shouts, Abraham, Abraham, don't you touch your son. Don't you lay a hand on him. And then God says these remarkable words. He says, for now I know. For now I know. For now I know. This is, this, this is passing the test. For now I know. You see, God never wanted Isaac to be the sacrifice. The altar for Abraham was never about Isaac. This story's never about, it's not about your tithe. Get over your money issue. This is about, this is about Abraham's heart. It was just a test. I'm going to say it again. It's not about your tithe. It's not about your 10%. It's not about your money. It's never been about your money with God. It's about whether or not you have a heart to do what he tells you to do. Mm, I could go on down the list, all the other stuff he's asked us to do. Abraham, now I know that you would never, ever, ever, never, ever, Abraham, I know, you'd never, ever, never withhold anything from me. Abraham, you're getting ready to move out of kindergarten. You're passing the test, Abraham. Abraham, now I know I can give you a gift, and it won't become your idol. Abraham, now I know that I can give you sand and stars, the exceedingly abundantly above all things that you ever ask or could think. I'm going to give you sand and stars because now I know, Abraham, you won't quit serving me. Listen to me. Abraham, you can put your name in there. Now I know I can give you a car and you won't stay home on Sunday waxing it. And now I know I can give you that house. And you won't get so busy fixing it up that you forget about me. Mm. Now I know, getting quiet in this church today. Come on, the rowdiness is coming out again. Now I know I can give you the stuff 
the business, the job, the career, the money, and you won't spend your life serving the stuff. Now I know that I'm more important than the stuff. God is looking. Here, here's the test. Here's the test. You gotta listen. If you if you don't pass this test, you're gonna take it all your life, and you're gonna wonder why your life is bleeding, why it's withering. Listen, Satan can give you money, but only God can give you prosperity. God is looking to know this: that He can give you something without it replacing Him. God will give you what you want as long as it doesn't become your God, as long as you don't start worshiping it, as long as it doesn't take his place, God will always test you at the altar to see who you are worshiping. I'm concerned for the American church. We want revival, we want miracles. When we're in the crisis, we call on God, God, heal my baby. God, the doctor diagnosed me with cancer, and we want the power of God, but we're still failing kindergarten. We want God's help when we want it, but we want to do what we want to do when we want to do it. This stuff has got to change. If we're going to have sand and stars, God is looking. His eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth. Who is he looking for? Somebody who wants to know him as much as he wants to know you. He's looking for hearts who are committed and loyal to him. And God says, when I can find it, you know what God's promised? He says, and there I will show myself strong. There I will heal you. There I will deliver you. There I will set you free. There will be a place of revival. I don't know about you, Celebration, but I'm fighting for an awakening. I'm fighting for revival in our community. God will always test you. How many of you give me just a couple more minutes? Come on, I'm landing the plane. I can see. (laughs) I can see the strip now. God will test you at the altar to see who you worship, to see if the giver is more important than the gift. We see this in the story of the prodigal, don't we? You remember, he he comes to his his dad. He says, Daddy, I can't wait for you to die. I don't care about you. All I care about is my inheritance. Give me my money, Daddy. And the Bible says he, he 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 takes the gift and he leaves the giver. The Bible says he does what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and his life falls apart. His life falls apart because he makes it about the the gift and not the giver. So many people's lives are falling apart because we're more interested in the gift than the giver. When things become more important than God, you fail the test and you miss out on his promotion. Don't miss this. Abraham is about ready to sacrifice his son. God shouts out to him, Abraham. Oh, this is the conclusion. This, This is what I've been waiting two weeks to get to. 
I believe there's a prophetic promise for every person in this room, every person watching me online. I believe there's a shift coming. I believe it's a new season, and I believe it's a new day. I believe new wine is coming. I believe a new beginning is coming. Don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this because I got in your business. I'm trying to help you get out of kindergarten. God has sand and stars for you. I said, God has promises for you. God's got a destiny for you. God's got a purpose for you. Abraham is about ready to sacrifice his son, and God shouts out to him, Abraham, Abraham. And once again, Abraham gives that response. It's the Hebrew word. Hineni, <laughs> Hineni, God, here I am. What do you want now? I'm available, God. Just tell me what you need. Hineni, Lord, I'm telling you, your life should be a life of here I am, Lord. God said to Abraham, put, put the knife down. Abraham, put the knife down. Mm, and look behind you. Look behind you, Abraham. And when Abraham looked behind him, the Bible said he saw a ram all tied up in the thicket. In other words, God had provision waiting on him once he passed the test. Once God knew his heart, then God said, Abraham, Hineni, don't touch your son. I've got something. Abraham, don't miss this part. Abraham, look behind you. Look behind Abraham, those past 18 months, hmm, that last six months, that last month, that last year, that last two years, that last five years, Abraham, it's just been a test. And Abraham, if you'll look behind you now that you passed the test, I'm going to show you I've been tying some things up for you. I've been, oh, Jesus, I've been tying up miracles. I've been tying up provision for waiting. Listen, provision is not waiting on you. Or you're not waiting on provision. Provision is waiting on you to get to the place. And I believe the church is on the brink of a place. I know it's still going on. I know the last 18 months and even further than that. And I know we're still in some stuff. And if you believe them, they'll keep you in some stuff. But I'm telling somebody today, you better look behind you. Because what you thought was hell was only a test. <laughs> and God is saying to you, now I know. Look behind you. I've tied up your miracle. I've tied up your provision. I've tied up your destiny. Come on. I've tied up your breakthrough. Come on. I'm just here to tell somebody there's something tied up. I believe it makes sense of what we've been going through. Look behind you. It's not about the hell. It's about what God has been tying up to set you into your destiny of sand and stars. Somebody shout yes. Stand to your feet. Oh, you ought to shout louder than that. Somebody ought to shout. When God, when God knows he comes first in your life, then God begins to release things that are tied up. 
When God knows that he comes first in your life, then God starts to release things he has tied up for you. What has, oh Jesus. When God showed me, I said, God, what have you been tying up for me? God, I'm going to pass every test, God. I know, I know, God. I know I'm not waiting on provision. Provision's been waiting on me. God, I'm going to pass the test. And God, I'm ready to experience everything that you have tied up for me. So much more. You know why God's been tying some things up for you? Tavo? Because you never stop worshiping. Never stop. Never stop. Tava, would you sing for Oh, yeah, I'll sing. I'm, I'm there. Pastor, whatever you need, I'm there. Next week. Tava, will you sing? Oh, yeah, I'm there, Pastor. I'm there. The Raiders aren't playing this way. I'm there. You, you know why so much has been tied up for this church? It's because you've kept on worshiping. Because you, uh, no, I'm trying to help you. Because I don't want that ugly devil to condemn you. Listen, don't be condemned. I'm telling you things are tied up. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you. The one the devil's pointing to. I'm telling you, God has tied some things up for you. You haven't stopped worshiping. Listen, you haven't stopped giving. You haven't stopped praising. Come on, you haven't stopped loving God. And I'm here to tell you some things have been tied up. Some things have been tied up. Some things have been tied up. Lift your hands. <laughs> God, we surrender today. God, we make adjustments today. We make up our mind to pass every test, Lord. God, you're more important than anything you could ever give us. God, we don't want the house without you. We don't want the business without you. We don't want the money without you. God, we don't want nothing. We don't want the promised land without you. As Moses said, what is the promised land without a God who gave it? He is. He is the reward. I could take you back to the very first test that Abraham ever faced. When Abraham was hiding in a tent, he says, God shows up to Abraham, what are you doing in that tent? And the first thing that God says to Abraham is, Abraham, I am your reward. I can't make you wealthy. I can't make you healthy until you get it through your, your heart that I am the prize. I'm here to tell you God is the prize. We ought to act like he's a big deal. Come on, worship him, church. Come on, worship him. Sand and stars. Sand and stars. I'm telling you, every time you worship, every time you give, every time you go to the altar, things are being tied up. Things are being tied up. Provision is being tied up. Oh, yes, yes. I'm here to tell you, some of you are broken over your family situation. God says, I've tied up restoration. You, you didn't hear me. See, you thought it got away, but God said, it can't get away. I tied it up. That son's coming back to Jesus. That daughter's coming back to Jesus. That family is being restored. Come on, I got it tied up. I know the doctor said that last week, but I got healing tied up by the stripes of Jesus. You are the healed of the Lord. Come on, sing it. Come on, sing it. It's a new day. There is new power. There is 
new freedom in the kingdom is here I lay down my old flame to carry your new fire today because when I want you to sing this again. Early, the, er, early this morning, God was saying, today is the new beginning. Today is the day you've passed the test. God, God, and then God brought this song back to me, and I asked Tabo if he would sing it. Because you need to get out of your past. The only thing that's in your past is what God has tied up and is getting ready to be released in your future. Come on, somebody. It's a new beginning. It's a new day. Come on, there's some new wine. Come on, sing it. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, declare it. Come on, can anybody use a new beginning? Come on, a new day, a new start. Come on, you're doing it with provision. You're doing it with sand and stars. You're doing it with nature. You're doing it with restoration. Oh. Ah, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because when there is new wine, there is new This is the reason why God said don't go to two services. Because God was going to begin to do something that if we would give him time, it would begin to heal things. It would begin to restore things. It would begin to deliver things. I am so, I am so now, right now in the moment of what God is doing in this church. I'm here to tell you, I believe with all my heart, God would have never been able to release me to preach this if this was not our moment. I know the news is gonna to try to confuse you, but I'm here to tell you, I don't care what they do, this is a new day for you. It's a new beginning for you. Because CNN News, Fox News, whatever news, social media news, they ain't got nothing tied up for you. But I'm here to tell you, God has got some things. Oh, God has got some things tied up for you. You've not been waiting on it not been waiting on it. Oh, you didn't hear me. You've not been waiting on it. You've been, you think you've been waiting on it. No, 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 no. It's been waiting on you. And I'm here to tell you, you just stepped into the moment that God's getting ready to untie it. You, you mark my words. I, I know I'm talking from heaven. You mark my words. Healing's coming. Deliverance is coming. Hallelujah. Restoration is coming. Breakthrough is coming. 
That business that feels like it's failing, it's going to succeed. That business that is succeeding, you haven't seen nothing yet. Sand and stars. Come on. God is untying. Come on. There is new I hear my father saying, tell them I know them and I still have a plan for them and they can't hide from me that I'm doing a great work in their homes and their families and tell them I have not abandoned them. I will be with them. Isn't there part of, make me an offering? Isn't it a part of the song? I never even thought, is that, is that part of the song, Make Me an Offering? Well, you should make it a part of the song. <laughs> did, did you hear that? I hear it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to go old school. I'm going to go King James on you again. Not that kind of King James. I'm just, I, God has not abandoned you. Quit trying to make it work through an illegitimate system. God says, I'm here. I can heal every pain. I can heal every hurt. I can take care of every problem. I can renew your youth like the eagles. I got new organs for you. Oh, I got new legs for you. I got a new mind for you. Ah, addictions are broken right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm declaring new days, new beginnings. Come on. With things that have been tied up, getting ready to be untied in your life. Thanks for listening. 
If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.